0: Everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Mandalorian review show on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. I'm one of your hosts, Sean, and I'm joined by Wade. And as a special surprise last minute guest, we also
1: have Sarah with us. Hey, what's Ooh. up, guys?
2: Yeah, it's a surprise to me.
1: Yeah, you said last minute. Really, it was literally last second because yeah. I mean, it, like within a minute, it, and she's on.
2: Did you see me lurking, or did you just? Like,
1: how did this happen? Um, I, I, I saw on the side your little thing popped up that said you were online, and I was like, well, hell, Sarah's on. Let's <laughs> see what she's doing. Cause I remember you had a funny little thing about how you ended up seeing it for the first time. So uh, I was okay. like, yeah, let's see what she thought.
0: Okay. So, so let's do it this way. Uh, obviously, on this show, we're going to be watching, watching, we're going to be talking about, yes, we will watch the show before we talk about it, but we will be talking about the, uh, the Mandalorian, the show on Disney Plus, and we'll be here every week after a new episode airs to talk about it. Um, so, really quickly, actually, because you just brought it up, Wade, I want to start with uh, your guys' first experiences watching it in terms of getting into it. Just because there was so much talk online about, like, about how how hard it was to actually get the show to play. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: uh, Sarah muted herself. So Jay, (laughs) Wade, uh, what was your experience like the first time you went to put it on? Did you get in there kind of easy or did
1: you have trouble? No, I I had some problems, dude. I got up early. I got up at seven o'clock in the morning to watch it and I'm sitting there and I couldn't get on at all. I downloaded the app just fine, but then it had, uh, it, it just said that it wasn't able to connect. And then you informed me that there were problems with it, so yeah. I just set it to the side until around lunchtime, and tried again. Uh, and then it worked for me. So, or maybe before lunch, and then it worked okay. for me. So,
0: Sarah, what was it? Uh, what was the journey to to watching the Mandalorian? Oh like man, guys. <laughs> um,
2: okay, so my husband's a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm like casual, um, maybe more than casual. So. I, my husband got up around like seven and I stayed in bed and I was just like, well, he's probably going to watch the episode without me. And that's okay. At first I was like kind of hurt. I'm like, he's going to watch it without me. And then I was like, well, that's okay. Cause I know he's going to want to watch it again. So it doesn't matter. So then I woke up around like 10 he like came in the room and like woke woke me up and was like i can't wait any longer we need to watch the mandalorian and i was like why didn't you just watch it without me And he's like because i wanted to watch it with you and i was like oh Aww. that's sweet and i was like that's so nice i said but you could have watched it like i don't it's fine whatever um so then we went to actually watch it and the app it wasn't working on xbox um so he was getting really upset <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh it was so fun i'm sitting there like i'm on my phone watching like um inside out on my phone and <laughs> he's like freaking out because i've never i've never seen inside out but he's like it's so good we'll, he's like we'll, we'll we'll try and watch something else and i'm like okay so i'm trying to watch it on my phone and i'm just sitting there and he's like Keeps hitting the refresh on on his ex- <laughs> Xbox, and it keeps every time you do it, it will like go a little further, and it'd be like, "Sorry, connection issues or whatever," and he oh, get so mad. He's like, Ugh. <laughs> "Are you <laughs> kidding me?" It took it took probably like twenty minutes, and then it finally worked, and he was very happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, e- even when I got it to play, it had some issues with it during the streaming. So okay. But I mean, yeah, I've, I've watched it two and a, a half, half times so far. So, oh my yeah,
0: <laughs> I've also seen it two and a half times.
2: Uh, I've seen it once,
0: so,
2: <laughs> but we almost I, watched it again tonight if that's any consolation.
1: Yeah, that's better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a much easier road to watching the show. I on Monday night I went to go see Parasite, I got home, and I it was probably about 11 o'clock. I sat around for about an hour and I was like, all right. I'm going to go to bed now. And I went, I got in bed <laughs> and I looked at my phone one last time and people on Twitter were like, Disney plus is live right now. And yeah. I, was, I went on to my Amazon, my fire TV and I looked through the app and I couldn't find it. And I was like, all right, I'll wait about five minutes, to see if it shows up. It showed up. And then I was like, all right, if I can get in, in the next 10 minutes and I can start the Mandalorian, I will watch it before I go to sleep. It took me about 10 minutes to get it downloaded and to Mm. get it to start up because there were already some connection issues then. But it only took me about 10 minutes. I started the episode. I had no problems when I, like, when, when I was watching it. And then as soon as the episode ended and I tried to take a look around the rest of the app before I went to sleep, the entire thing crashed. So Um, um, I got, I got the episode in that night perfect timing. I watched it the night after again and then I got halfway through it before we had to start recording this. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually it's paused on my other monitor and IG11 is pointing his gun at the camera right now. So Oh,
1: my oh that's sweet.
0: So let's uh let's move into general thoughts about the episode overall. We are going to dive in a little bit deeper later on, but I want to get everybody's uh general reactions to uh this this thing we watched uh sarah why don't you start
2: okay um okay so i have a little story before we like jump into my thoughts okay, but go. so when you guys first announced that you guys were going to do a mandalorian recap show and um i wasn't like automatically offered <laughs> be- no just- <laughs> <to> be- <laughs> I hang was on like- a second hang on a second I- I was Look, like- i'm just <laughs>
1: oh man
2: <laughs> no, no no listen 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 so i was like i was like wow okay like i know star wars like i can hang or whatever but then i'm watching this episode and when the episode ended i was like there's a good reason they didn't ask me to be on the show
1: <laughs>
2: I'm so... the whole time i'm asking my husband like so what's happening who's what's... that what's going on and he's like shh, shh. and he's like trying to explain to i'm like wait i'm really confused what's happening <laughs> <laughs> I'm like and he's like well so my overall thoughts was are um I thought it was really solid. I think there is a lot of um deep fandom st- stuff there where he, mm-hmm. he was super excited. Like he was mm-hmm. like, Oh, they're going deep into the lore and oh they're talking about this this and I'm like, Oh that's mm-hmm. that's I've no idea what's happening, but okay, that's really cool. Um <laughs> I liked I really enjoyed the episode. It really felt like a um a Western and yeah. i thought that was really cool um i'm i don't like i'm going to keep watching it and i want to learn more and i'm just i feel like the casual viewer because <laughs> i'm just mm-hmm. like i don't really know what's going on but i liked what i saw
1: yeah it's great well, wait
0: what were your thoughts
1: the first i want to say that now i feel super bad um <laughs> I, i'm sorry sarah no don't it feel was... bad <laughs> It was not intentional at all. I did think about asking you to be on here too, but uh, it just—I honestly just assumed that that evenings or in weekends maybe you'd be busy and you didn't care that much about Star Wars because you talked before about how Star Wars was the least interesting thing on Disney Plus, and so no, but something like that.
0: You said Um, that at the same time that you thought that you were happy that Collider fired Harloff. Yes, also, yes, right. I would, I would like to amend Wade, what Wade is saying. You were considered. And then oh, when <laughs> it was decided that I would be on afterlife with you. I said that that was enough.
2: Wow. Okay, I get it. So, well, like I said, no hard feelings because I just watched the episode and was super confused and like, yeah, I can't hang with these guys.
1: <laughs> well, you're here now and that's what but matters. But it looks pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that right there, the looks of it. Um, original trilogy written all mm. over it, dude. Mm. That was the only thing that I uh, that I expected was for it to have that originally original trilogy feel. Other than that, I I allowed myself to be completely open. I had no idea or expectations at all. And, uh, yeah, it was beautifully shot. Um, There was some great dialogue in there. And, uh, yeah, just some great little uh, throwback things. And, uh, hell, dude, I just... (sighs) Uh <sighs> I'm trying to muzzle myself, man. I just want to, I just, I, I love this thing so much, dude. I just want to jump on it like, like a pillow when I was 14 and, and wow. just hump the, the hell out of it, dude. Oh, it was so amazing.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay. <Huh. laughs>
1: uh, yes.
0: I also very much enjoyed this episode. I loved it. I was, as I've, I think I've told absolutely everybody because I don't ever shut up. I was hesitant about this show. I was worried about it. I didn't know if it was going to be uh, something that I would enjoy, but that was obviously uh, proven wrong. <laughs> Seeing as I've seen it two and a half times, uh, Man. I, <laughs> I want to touch on what you said, Sarah, about being, oh. it being a Western, because mm-hmm. I, I watched it the second time with my grandparents. Cause they are both big, like Clint Eastwood and Western fans. And when I was watching mm-hmm. it the first time, I was like, this is just, this is just a Western. And, and I showed it to them and they were like, yeah, you're right. And I kind of been thinking about it. And when you break it down beat by beat, it is a Western down to like when he goes to that compound at the end of the episode, that looks mm-hmm. like so that's a compound straight out of a Western.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Like the whole everything about it. And one of the things that felt the most like a Western to me was – um or at least a, a take on the Western genre was the score, which I don't know if you guys have listened to the score on its own, but I have, I have it on my Spotify cause they released the, uh, they released the, like six tracks from the first episode and it is perfect. Um, the, the Mandalorian himself, his like theme actually sounds a whole lot like the good, the bad and the ugly. That mm-hmm. wah, wah, wah. I don't know if you guys could hear it during the episode, but it's like a weird alien mix on the, the good and the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, theme. What did you guys think about the score specifically? Was that anything that even popped into your mind while you were watching it?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, it was
1: beautiful. Yeah. It, oh, man. I well, I was making notes, and at one point I put in there, I, I put in there that uh, the music is really nice, mm-hmm. okay? And good. then... And then the scene comes when – the scene comes when they play, as as it's been described elsewhere, the Rocky music. Yeah. And that completely put me out of it. Uh, well, not completely because the scene right before that put me out of it, the uh, learning how to ride the thing. But, oh,
0: I loved that. Uh,
1: but, it, the, yeah, that was the only piece of music from the score that really okay. – took me out of it and bothered me. It did not feel like Star Wars at all. And I noticed as soon as I heard it.
0: So I did hear somebody describe it as the Rocky. And we can talk about spoilers, guys. There's going to be spoilers in this. Um, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to hold back. We will go even deeper into spoilers later. So we'll kind of try to keep it general-ish at the beginning. But there is a scene that you're talking about where they, they are like, they're kind of riding across an open landscape and I did not think Rocky until somebody brought it up. I just thought uh cowboy on horseback riding across
2: mm.
0: the desert or something. Like that that is I didn't even I didn't even think about Rocky. I thought and that scene before I loved him taming the um the oh god, I don't know what it was called. I can't think uh, of the name of them.
1: The slug.
0: Yeah, yeah, these these creatures uh it was, it was very cool. They, it was like, that whole scene is like an older cowboy teaching a younger cowboy, like mm-hmm. how to break a horse.
1: You know, <laughs> it, a blur, that's what they're uh, called. D- they could have just skipped over that whole scene. It just, to me, it seemed unnecessary, boring. Um, it, it took me out of the episode completely. It came off a little cheesy to me even, um, mm-hmm. I just think they could have easily cut from uh, from Nick Nolte telling Boba that that he needed one of those things to ride, and then to them just riding across the desert to the Rocky music without any of that taming scene. It just for me personally, it, I wasn't into it. Mm-hmm.
2: Sarah, what do you think about that taming scene? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I felt like that it was a little random. Um it definitely just kind of maybe slowed the episode down for me and the episode's yes. kind of slow already. Yes. Um which means like I didn't I didn't not like it, but I also was just kind of like what's going on? Like what's happening? Like mm-hmm. why is he t-? yeah, it was a little random. Um, yeah,
1: and I mean if he's supposed to be so badass then why the hell does he need to be taught how to ride that thing anyway?
0: Well, so I think that part of that is like he is such a badass that the guy had to be like, calm down, all right? You're yeah, you're a big bad Mandalorian. Like, getting frustrated is not going to help you. Just mm. you're you're Mandalorian you're the Mandalorian. You gotta be calm. Approach it. You know, I I really liked the scene because you're right. It does slow the episode down. I loved that this episode was slow we've got eight episodes of this
1: yeah yeah
0: and it's gonna be we're gonna we're we're gonna have some time there's gonna be some slow moments in this show and I loved it I I think if this were a Star Wars movie and that scene had been in there I'd be on your side Wade that I don't think that scene would (laughs) have been necessary but We've got eight episodes. This, uh, this episode alone already was shorter than I expected it to be. It was yeah. about 38 minutes. Um, I don't think that was a bad thing. I thought it was actually perfectly timed. That was. Uh, but- it flew by. Yes. Yes. But like, I think we've got these eight episodes. We've got the time. These are the kinds of scenes that you would cut out if it was a Star Wars movie where you had two hours to two and a half hours. But since we have the time, I feel like we should keep these in. And I thought that it really, really fit with the whole vibe of this being a Western because it really did. I think I said earlier, I know I said earlier, but uh, it is like the older cowboy teaching the younger cowboy how to ride a horse. Like it is. It is, And I do like that that the Mandalorian isn't completely the biggest badass in the world. Organic. Right, right. I you get know, that. Uh, I like uh, specifically when he gets attacked by the Blurgs, when he first arrives on that planet, he freaks out. He's just like punching mm-hmm. the thing. He's like, oh, right. God, get it. All. And I like that. Like that cool Demeter does break. But I don't want to get too far into this just well, yet I
1: do want to do one last Here, thing on this to me when I'm watching that scene of him taming that thing um, it I know Filoni directed this episode but even if he hadn't and this was still in the episode it that has Filoni written all over it
0: yeah oh yeah because those things are from rebels I think oh are they I think that they were in Rebels. it was, I think I've seen it was
1: it. just one of those scenes that was like a what I call a filler scene Just like a feel-good filler scene that was completely unnecessary, but hey, whatever. But like you said, it did fit because of the Western theme uh, and training, you know, breaking in the thing. So, I mean, it did fit. It just, I found it to be unnecessary, but... Yeah. No,
0: I understand that completely. I, I, I enjoyed it, but I do like it. I do. I agree that it's unnecessary. I just think that, like... We've got the time. Let's use it, especially since I think things are going to uh, speed up. Because yeah. just uh, we're going to get some slow moments. But I'll tell you guys, I was looking at the episode listing. Uh, mm. Almost every episode is written by John Favreau. Episode five is directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni. So mm. I think episode five is going to be. Uh, I think episode five, and then there's one episode, one other episode besides five that is written by. Um, somebody who isn't James, uh, Dave Filoni. I think Rick Famuyiwa did an episode. But I, I think when we get to that episode where it's not written by Filoni and it's written and directed by Dave Filoni, I'm oh, sorry, when it's not written by Favreau and it is written and directed by Dave Filoni, I think uh, I think that's when we're going to get some, yes. some stuff going down. We're going to uh, get
1: some major inside baseball, dude.
0: Definitely. So <laughs> before we dive in real quick, we're going to take a break to hear about some other Merc with the Movie blog shows.
1: Hello, everybody. Jay Wade. And Kaylin here. To tell you about SEN Afterlife.
2: It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live, as well as have guests on to join in the fun.
1: Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews, and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault.
2: Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. Hey, it's Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Afterlife. It's a weekly Collider Live After Show podcast where Mike, Sean, and I give our takes on and Duran's annex on Yodi's producing skills, and whatever Cody and Alex are up to in that booth. In addition to having guests, we expand on the crew's discussions and add our own craziness to the mix. You can find the show on Merkin and Movie Blog feed on all the podcasting platforms. See you soon.
0: And we're back. Take the time to check out those shows; they are superb. Uh, we are going to be now going in deep on the episode. I think we're going to try to go through it, uh, kind of as it happened. We can do that, or we can just jump around. It's up to you guys. I'm not really sold on either way.
1: And yeah, we'll just let's start at the beginning and see what okay. happens.
0: Mm, That's good idea. Fine with me. And we opened as. <laughs> As Wade said earlier, we opened on Boba Fett holding the tracker.
1: Um, How the hell – yes, dude. How the hell can you not be down when the opening shot is Boba straight-up fucking tracking somebody? Sorry about the F-bomb. Straight-up tracking somebody. I'm super excited, man. That's probably not going to be the only F-bomb I accidentally drop.
0: (laughs) I'll, I'll say this real quick because the joking about the Boba Fett stuff made me think about it. Um I don't know if you guys have yet. Uh, be careful. I know his name. Uh, Pedro Pascal just said it in an interview yesterday. And I was oh, watching shit. an interview with him. And he's like, my character's name is. And he just said it. So I do know his name. I'm not going to tell you what it is or if you're right or anything. But, well, um, I mean,
1: my, it's Boba Fett. It I mean, everybody Boba knows Fett. that.
0: He said, he said my name is Boba Fett. Um,
2: oh, man. That means it's not uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you don't you don't know that. Uh, I lie constantly. But yes. I did get that spoiled for me by Pedro Pascal himself. So I guess if anybody yeah, had damn. to spoil it, I'm okay with him doing it.
1: Right. Like you don't right.
2: watch interviews. You just ignore True. everything. Just,
0: just <laughs> bury my head in the sand. You know what? I'm not going to watch the Mandalorian after. So I don't I'm not going to watch Mandalorian because I don't want to be spoiled on the Mandalorian. <laughs>
2: that's um, I mean,
1: That's the, the best way, dude, that's, to avoid the spoilers. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> watching logic. the show is the biggest spoiler of all. Yeah. So yes, we open up, we're on this uh, ice planet that I do not believe was named, uh, and I was not able to find a name anywhere. I'm not going to lie, I didn't look. Um, <laughs> I I went to Wikipedia, and Wikipedia named the last planet, but neither of the other ones. So Ooh. I just that they're assumed that they're not named. But we open up, we see him with the tracking fobs, he's looking for somebody, and he goes into the bar, and immediately... Yeah. We'd seen a lot of this scene, admittedly, from the trailers. Yes. So we kind of knew how it was going to play out. But uh, that scene was very good. Um, what did you guys think of that bar fight scene at the beginning? Because I do actually have a couple thoughts about some maybe important things that happened in it.
1: Um. Well, man, it, it was pretty cool. It was cool, man. Um. I mean, obviously the best part was him uh not letting the guy get away yes. who was trying to run away, which was also awesome that the guy was running away and he wouldn't let him run away. Yeah. And then cool. cutting him essentially cutting him in half. Um that was awesome. Um I liked it all and I liked the uh I, I liked the they were using alien language. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bartender, it would have made more sense if he were the only one who spoke English though, mm-hmm. because he's the bartender. So you would expect him to be able to communicate with all of his patrons. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as where uh, Sans's character was speaking English. And that just kind of put, it put me off a little bit, uh, not enough to matter. Um, but, I did like that scene a lot, and uh, I I just I like I, I like the I like the bit where after he saved uh, ha- uh, Horatio's character, he's just like Horatio's trying to be all nice, you know, thank yeah. you, thank you, and then it's just like puts the puck down, and yeah. it's just <laughs> not looking good for our dude in blue. <laughs> I think he's blue. I'm colorblind. I think he
0: was blue. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh Sarah. <laughs> um I that scene was awesome. I been looking forward to the door slicing the guy in half <laughs> scene since I saw it in the trailer and I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Um so that scene did not disappoint. I don't know how I feel about the character, um, the bounty character. The Mandalorian? The, no, the one that handled. Oh, oh, oh Horatio uh, Sands'
1: uh, character.
2: Oh what's I don't know what's Oh okay. Yeah. Well that guy. <laughs> um yeah. Do you don't know how you feel about him? <laughs> I don't know how I felt about like the jokiness of it. Like I get
1: oh. it. Oh the humor. Uh, yeah. I, like, I, yeah.
2: Like I get it. was like, like it was,
1: I'm nervous. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was
2: yeah. it, I it was it was that like nervous kind of I don't know, this guy's not saying much and also mm. like probably the intimidation that he has a helmet on. So like you can't connect with um, the, the Mandalorian. Yeah, like you, yeah. we're not connecting to him that way right now. So you need to be able to connect to like another character. But I don't know. Like some sometimes it's kind of like, okay, he's our exposition guy right now. Like he's just kind of telling okay, us what's yeah. happening. Like a
0: hundred percent, yes. Uh, but
2: what happened? Like I like. I mean, I liked. I liked it overall, but I was like, okay, I see the purpose of this character right now. Like,
0: right. Um, I will hit with one real quick criticism, and it is nitpicking. When he's actually pulling the guy back, I did think the editing there was a little weird. It, it just yeah, felt,
2: I, I agree. They it felt cut, really weird.
0: I think uh, I think that's just you know, Felloni. This is his first time directing live action. I think that I think a cut like that would have worked in animation, but cutting from the guy back to the Mandalorian, back to the guy really quick, and then back to yeah. the Mandalorian. Like, it was a lot of weird cuts to yeah. angled shots, and it made the pulling feel like it wasn't really
2: happening. Yes, I completely agree. In a weird agree. way, uh,
0: that's really my only criticism of anything that happened on this planet. Uh, everything else I very much enjoyed on this planet. But some, some things I wrote down, because some thoughts I had, is immediately... When he walks in, everybody looks at him and they're like, that's a Mandalorian. And I love that. I love this. kind. I'm very excited to learn more about the Mandalorians where they were. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched Jedi Council, but uh, they had a very long first episode where Emma Fife pretty much gave a brief background of what the Mandalorians have been up to. And where we last left them in Rebels was Bo-Katan was reuniting the clans. And so we don't know anything that happened since then. Anything that happened in the original trilogy or the five years since then. But apparently, you know, um, people know who the Mandalorians are. So at least they're not completely gone. But like, they're looking at him like, oh, oh this is bad. And I also really liked that uh, he didn't get really upset. Okay. Uh, he didn't get really upset until the the uh, the Beskar armor got scratched.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
0: I think that is a theme that I want to bring up as we go forward in the show, his pride in being a Mandalorian. And I think a yes. lot of that comes from what we were shown later on. Doesn't look like he was born a Mandalorian. He was a foundling, mm. which I assume... A foundling is somebody that is found at a young age and brought into the mandalorians instead of being born one so he's very calm and that's something that i like about the character that we see throughout the episode is he's calm and collected until you till you go too far yeah. right in this scene i think we see two examples of that the first being when he's dealing with these guys antagonizing him and then they scratch the armor and he's like that's disrespecting me as a Mandalorian. I'm not going to, that's disrespecting the armor of the Mandalorian. And I'm not going to accept that. And that's when he starts to take everyone down. And second, when he's pulling the guy back, I don't think he planned on just taking him out until he got shot.
1: Right. Right. Um, I agree.
0: You know, cause he's pulling him back and then the guy shoots him. And he's like, you know what? No, you, yeah. you're going to mess <laughs> with me. I'm not even going to put up with this. And he just takes yeah. him out with the door. And those were two little things in this scene. That I really liked that I think just two actions, right, not even things spoken, but two actions that I think gave so much character to the Mandalorian instantly uh, I don't know what you guys think about those two things. Do you have any thoughts about those two moments
1: I completely agree all right couldn't have said it better myself
0: uh and then the one last line of dialogue I wanted to touch on in this scene is when uh when he is talking to Mithril and he says, I can take you in warm or I can take you in cold. And I like that. He's giving him the option. It's just, it's it's a lot of this show. We see a lot of, or this episode, him giving people the chance. And Mm. then when they don't take it, he's like, I don't, I gave you the chance. Now, you know, I, I gave you the chance of the carrot. Now you get the stick and um that's not at all how that expression is uh supposed what? to be used but that's how i used it uh,
1: <laughs> yeah so- it it shows he's not just a he's not just a killer he's not just no. he's not a bounty hunter because he likes to go around and hunt people down and kill them he's mm. he's just a bounty hunter and he's going to yeah. do it and he's going to treat people fairly
0: mm-hmm. yeah so after that scene in the uh, in the diner we have a quick little scene where where they go, uh, the Mandalorian takes Mithril, they kind of walk down that path that we saw him on at the beginning of the episode. And is this, I I don't know if you guys noticed from this alien, he looks like the dude at the beginning of A New Hope that tells the Imperials that the Millennium Falcon, like on Tatooine oh. where the Millennium Falcon is, he looks like one of those people. And I noticed that immediately. I guess I love bringing back the old It was alien. the
1: sound that I caught yeah. more than anything.
0: That's true. And he's playing like a little flute thing to summon people. I thought that was kind of cool. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I bring this scene up because you're probably thinking, why are we talking about this scene? It's a little thing that happened. There was something in here as well that I thought is very important to the character. Where the first thing that comes through is a ship piloted by a droid. And the Mandalorian's like, nope, not doing that no droids and they bring in, uh, Brian, uh, possum's character instead who drives him. But I don't know if you guys saw in the trailers, uh, they have not shown this scene in the show yet, but in the trailers is a scene of him as a kid with his, uh, his world being attacked. And there are battle droids.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, Background.
0: So we're operating under the assumption that probably whatever world he was from before he joined the Mandalorians, uh, was attacked by the separatists during the Clone Wars, so I really like this little detail of like he still does not trust droids.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that too. Uh,
0: after after that, they go to the ship. I don't really have anything to say about this scene. I thought it was, yeah, I I thought it was cool. It was like a little walrus monster. It was that it looked really good, but uh, I don't. There was nothing really too of note in there. I did like that the uh, Mithril was like. We gotta get out of here, and just without saying a word, the Mandalorian goes over, picks up his gun, shocks the thing, and says, all right, let's go.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> then he talks some more, and then he gets frozen in the carbonite, dude. Let's yes. move to the good stuff, dude.
0: <sighs> but also, the carbonite. Stuff, <laughs> I, I'm excited, dude. I loved the carbonite stuff I it loved- was cool. Yes, it's so. No, tense that was really when cool. He's, when he was cool through there. And he sees all this stuff and you're tense and you're tense. And then he looks at the carbonite and he's like, oh, oh no. And then yeah, the he
1: realized it
0: there. The Mandalorian's there in the background. And I love the reference to life day from the holiday special. He's like, I was hoping to make it home for life day. You know, I guess I won't get to see the family or whatever. And you just see probably not. And he grabs him. Oh, I loved it. I thought that was great. And again, it's yeah. the idea of, he said he was going to bring him in warm. And originally, I bet, you know, the Mithril was like, warm or cold, you mean alive or dead. But right. he's like, all right, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to let you have free reign of my ship as long as you do what you're, you, you don't lie to me. And when he's like, yeah, he lied to me. He's not, you know, using the evacuator. He is just looking around my ship and, and trying to escape. He's like, all right, you lost my trust. I can't trust you. I'm going to freeze you. And it's mm. just all these moments, I think, really helped to build up the character of the Mandalorian very early on. So let's get to the stuff that you want to talk about, Wade. Um, We see Carl Weathers. We go to this bar. He's turning in the bounties. We see Carl Weathers. Uh, There was some cool stuff in here that I like. He tries to pay him with Imperial credits. And I think that there's a lot in this episode about uh, the Mandalorian not liking the Empire. And the uh, Carl Weathers character is like, Hey, it works. You can use it. And he still will not accept it to To the extent that he'll take half in the yeah. mancala or whatever or the uh mm. I don't know kind of what currency it was, but he'll take half in this other currency instead of taking the full in in the imperial stuff and you know he's told about this other bounty that is going to uh, uh is going to give him more but it's not on the books right it's below it's kind of a a below the below the table thing. And so he goes, he meets up with these people. He walks in the room. And what do we see, Wade?
1: Oh, we see Apollo Creed. Or wait, after that? After that, yeah. Ooh. When
0: he's given the thing and he goes to see.
1: Oh, oh we're to the good yeah. part now. That, yeah, I was trying
0: to get you there. Right, He
1: sees the stormtroopers. Yes, yes. Yes, dude. He sees the stormtroopers and they're all looking dirty as shit, you know, because yeah, it's I'd been. It. It's post. uh, It's. It's post empire, and and they ain't got nowhere to clean their uniforms. No, and uh, the 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 character there behind the table can't remember his name. The director fella in real life, but oh, he was thought. brilliant, and you could tell right away by the way he was sitting and the way he was yeah. talking that he was ex uh, uh, imperial officer of some sort.
0: He's also got. I, I'm pretty sure he's also got a big old imperial symbol on like a necklace on his uh, chest, which I did not notice until like the second time I watched it. I was looking at his neck and I was like, is that just the, the Imperial symbol on his on his neck? And I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's wearing a little uh thing. I like that immediately upon entering the building, um, the Mandalorian is on edge when he sees the stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. And all it takes is one person coming out of a room that he didn't know was already there. And he's got his blasters out and he's ready to go. Mm.
2: Uh. Oh, yeah. So what
0: did you what did you think of all of this this stuff? The uh, you know even if you have anything to add going back to the Carl Weathers stuff, but the boring um, part probably.
2: Um, <laughs> well, real fast, me and um, my husband we just watched Rocky and oh. the first Rocky, and uh, my husband says something like, "Oh yeah, Carl Weathers, he looks a lot like um, Billy D. Williams." And then the fact that I forgot he was in the Mandalorian. I was like, oh my God, we were just talking about how they look <laughs> so much alike. Like so I just I yeah. to me I was like, that's crazy. Um the the scene you're just talking about with the uh stormtroopers. I'm trying to make sure all my names are <laughs> lined up because I do not know <laughs> Star Wars that well. Um I called them clone clone troopers or whatever. Ooh, and he's ooh, like, There's no ooh. clones anymore. I was like, okay, yeah. sorry. I don't yes. know. Sorry. Um but I thought that scene was great. I think, so I think for me, like, I am looking at this show more of, like, maybe more of the, like, technical like, standpoints of it, just because I don't know a lot of, like, the lore that's happening. Um But this scene was just, like, executed great. And also, like, just going back to, like, we can, like you said, like, you can feel the tension of the Mandalorian and you can't see his face. And, like, that's like super impressive that we could feel like that he was on edge and that he was mm-hmm. tense and when he tries to shoot the guy and um I don't know. I just thought that scene was great. That was this was the part of the show where I leaned over to my husband and said, What's happening? <laughs> <I'm so confused. laughs> um, but uh I don't I, I mean I like like heist things like that. And once I kinda of figured out what was going on, I was like, okay, like he's bad, maybe, I don't know. But yeah. we'll see. <laughs>
0: I think we're going to get a whole lot more with Werner Herzog going forward and I think that doctor is going to end up being important. And I think we'll oh, talk yeah. about th- we'll talk about the doctor a little bit later. But um yes, I loved that scene. I thought it was great. I I was enthralled by <laughs> Werner Herzog. Every sentence that came out of his mouth was uh his captivating voice is so good. Yeah. It's and, like Alan
2: Rickman, like that deep yeah, like well yeah, not yeah, even deep but like just a distinct like I love it.
0: Yeah. And he offers the Mandalorian Beskar steel. And it, you know, uh, it's, I noticed, and I'm, I'm, you're supposed to notice. It's very obvious. It's branded with the Imperial uh, symbol. The uh, the okay. were you going to say something, Wade? Sorry.
1: No, I said, yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: yeah. It's branded with the Imperial symbol. Uh, and we get more about that in the next scene, but, uh, you know, Werner Herzog tells him about this contact. He says he can't give him a whole lot. All he can give him is the tracker fob and the age of the person. And I thought it was interesting that the doctor was the one that had to be like bring him back alive. And Werner Herzog, goes, yeah, bring him back alive. But like, if you have to kill him, like,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, you
0: can you, you can kill the thing. But yeah, <laughs> I guess if you want to bring him alive, you can. Um so I thought that was interesting and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more later on because I have a theory about that. But after that, he takes the Beskar steel. He's told that, you know, I'm going to have more of this if you complete this job. And he goes off and this is the part where I was really confused as to what was happening for a minute. Me because too. <laughs> he was just walking around and I was like, shouldn't he be going to a ship? Shouldn't he be going? Cause I really thought the Mandalorians weren't around. And then he goes down that staircase and there's like a secret. Yep little den of mandalorians down there awesome uh, it was cool a bunch of them had the the helmets with the antennas like boba fett mm-hmm. and uh and that was very cool and then he meets somebody who's um credited as who's credited as the i'm trying to look at her. i think the forger or something
2: mm-hmm. yeah credit
0: meets up with an armor forger the armorer is their name and uh he hands over the Beskar steel and they pretty much, they pretty much talk about how it was taken during the great purge. Uh, So it's implied that in between rebels and now the empire took over. Uh, Well, I think Mandalore had, the empire had control of Mandalore during rebels, but it seems like they took a bunch of the steel and purge implies
1: death yeah it does
0: so we're not sure entirely what happened to the mandalorians but it already does not sound good it sounds like they are very much a endangered race at this point um i don't know if they're endangered more like anybody around them is in danger but uh <laughs> and the armor of Ford forges pauldrons and in maybe one of my favorite parts of the episode with every clang of the hammer on the steel we flash back to uh him as a child and i thought that was awesome i thought that was some great editing
1: yeah that was pretty cool that whole scene was awesome with the forger and uh the forger's helmet was complete like spartan yeah kind of kind of look and uh it was just really sweet dude and uh i just i want to find out what is uh what is a uh, signet will, will be?
0: Yes. Yeah, so that was, uh, he was asked, has your signet been revealed? And I have no idea what that means.
2: Oh, good. <laughs> uh, wait, do me. you have any idea
0: what that means? <laughs> is, it, is it something Sarah and I missed or do we not know what that is yet?
1: Like, do you know what a signet is?
0: I mean, like, it's, it's no. like a symbol, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's a symbol, like a symbol. your clan yeah, symbol. Seal. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like you're. Yeah. But I I would say. I don't know. He's a foundling. So he. So it would. It would depend on. I don't know. Was he adopted by a specific clan? Because it would sound like he wasn't, or else he would know what his signet is.
0: Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. weird. We don't exactly know. We don't exactly know what that would be. Um. (sighs) he was we don't even really know the extent of what the foundlings are to be honest what we know is the armorer says that the extra metal from the beskar that was recovered is going to be used to sponsor foundlings and he says that he was a foundling so you know with the flashbacks we assume that that means that they join the mandalorians later in life instead of being born into it but we don't really know a whole lot and i think this was one of my favorite scenes of the episode, just because there was so much implied Mandalorian lore in it, and I was like, I was like, yes, give me more. I want more. I want to know more about the Mandalorians. Uh, I don't know if you guys had similar experiences to that during this scene.
1: Yeah, I, uh, anything Mandalorian, I'm thirsty for all the time. I'm just, I'm super
0: interested by everything that was happening there. I did like the, uh, uh, they had like the, um, the, uh, the skull symbol type thing over the door. Yes, I thought the that was Mandalorian really, logo. Yeah, That was very cool, and I really hope that, like, I, I assume it's going to be a common thing that'll happen throughout the show is he'll get pieces of armor from this armor person. Mm. But I very much enjoyed that, and I hope we uh, get more of that later as, as, along with more Mandalorian lore. After that, mandalorian leaves that planet and he heads to the third planet and the only one that is actually named in the episode and it is called if i can find it it is called arvala 7 we're gonna we're gonna uh sarah's gonna hop out here now sorry uh, so guys. stick around for the whole thing sarah it's okay we,
1: we, no, it's we all right. we're just happy that we caught you before yeah. we started and that you could jump in for yeah, for any Definitely. Call. yeah thanks
2: Thank you yeah. for having me. I'm sorry I can't continue, continue No, it's much. okay. I'll ah, keep no on watching and I'll uh, learn more and maybe come back another week.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Have a good night. All right.
2: Thank you, I you guys you, too.
0: Alright, so uh, they head to Arvala 7. Uh, he lands there. He's attacked by two creatures and I've already forgotten what the names of them
1: oh, are. Blorg
0: or something? Yeah, yeah, Blorg. Boba Fett, I think, was their name.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Boba Fett is the Mandalorian. <laughs>
0: oh, no, shit, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, the Blorgs, you know, they attack him, and I loved that scene. Like I said earlier, it was...
1: Yeah, that was cool.
0: See, in Panic, we saw a little bit of the flamethrower before it got broken. Uh, yeah. Which almost read to me like, we... We're already spending so much money on this show. We can't do the flamethrower right now. <laughs>
1: like, <get laughs> yeah, let's just break it in the first episode yeah. so no one expects it anymore.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll fix it by the last one. But, you know, we're just going gonna to get rid of it for a little bit because we can't afford to do pyrotechnics and techniques right now. Um, yeah, I thought that scene was awesome. I liked, you know, he was about to get taken out by them before he's saved by Nick Nulty's character. And I love Nick Nolte's character. He's like, I have spoken.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Hell, I didn't even know that was Nick Nolte until today.
0: Yeah, yeah I didn't know until afterwards.
1: Uh, yeah, that, that He did a great job in that role.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: You know, I mean, the taming the stupid blurg thing was <laughs> not cool or necessary at all, and I could have done without it, followed by the Rocky music riding across the desert, but... Other than that, dude, Nick Nolte was cool, and and that stuff was cool.
0: Yeah, and I think we're going to get more of him later in the show. At least I hope so. Oh,
1: I hope so, yeah.
0: Um, there's also another character we're going to talk about in a minute that I also hope we see more of. We already talked about the uh, Nick Nolte helping him learn how to ride a, uh, a blurg. We, he mentions the ancient mythosaurs, which are something from um, old legends that are, I guess is now canon. But uh creatures that lived kind of like almost dinosaurs that lived on Mandalore that the uh that the Mandalorians would ride around on. And we get the we get the rocky scene of them riding across <laughs> across the uh the the desert landscape almost, or the rocky landscape. And when he gets there, the Mandalorian tries to pay him, and he's like, nah, this is this is enough. You doing this? Getting rid of these people that are destroying my my land and my or or, or my home. That's enough for me. And uh, he says, you know, you're a Mandalorian. I've only ever heard the stories, but if you're really what you are, then you should be able to handle this, no problem. And he rides off. I I loved that. I thought I liked <clears> him <throat> offering to pay him. I liked I like Nick Nolte refusing to take the money. Um, I liked everything about that scene. And again, that felt very Western to me, you know, yeah, me too. the cowboy comes in from out of town and one of the locals helps him. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of morally gray. Why are you helping me? And he's like, cause you're better than what's down there. You know? So I, I yeah. like that. Everything about this scream Western, you know, uh, the Mandalorian climbs up. He kind of crawls. I love that. He got down into a crawl to stay hidden instead of just walking up onto the end. Yeah.
1: No shit, man.
0: I love that. <laughs> And he gets out his binoculars and he starts looking at everything. And then we see maybe one of the highlights of the episode: the oh, boy yeah. IG 11, voiced by Taika Dude, Waititi. Yes. Oh, and that was so Taika? Awesome. That was Taika. Oh, that's awesome. And he walks in and he's like, I'm, 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 I'm reciting the right of claim or whatever. I'm not going to do it again. Pew, pew, pew. I
1: thought it was. That's awesome.
0: And I loved their back and forth. I loved the rapport between oh, yeah. them as both of them being members of the guild. How the Mandalorian immediately felt more comfortable talking around this person that he sees as a peer, you know?
1: Right, right. Even I though he was that. a droid, he was definitely... Yes. And, and then again, maybe he was just obligated to
0: yeah it's probably because when ig11 shoots him he's like i'm a guild member and he holds it up as yeah there's a there's a rule we don't we don't go after each other you know yeah. um so we have the big shootout scene in the compound and i thought that's awesome i loved them like i love oh, them yeah. moving from cover to cover i it felt so much like i loved uh, ig11 like pointing his guns up in the air and shooting the dude and he just falls yeah in that out was frame.
1: awesome uh
0: I love they bring in the like the machine gun and that also felt very much like a Western, like where they're, they're fighting all the bad guys and then uh, like a wagon wheels in and the tarp comes off and there's like a Gatling gun. Like that was what I kind of thought of. Uh, I loved him using the, the rope to pull the gun to the side so that it stopped shooting at him when he rushed the Gatling gun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I loved the tactics. I just thought the fight scene
1: was awesome. It was well thought out and choreographed.
0: Yes, it was very logical. Like, what he was doing was like, yes, this all makes sense. Uh, I loved the jokes about IG-11 being like, all right, I'm going to self-destruct now.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. And he's just like, dude, don't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm going to do it. It's fine.
1: (laughs) You want to see a magic trick? No, stop! (laughs) Yeah, that was a great, (laughs) great shootout scene, dude. It was there was a lot of them too man the the bad the the bad guys i guess we would call them in this situation who knows man they might end up being the good guys you know what i mean
0: yeah to be honest because of what we're about to talk about uh but real quick before we move on from this fight i just want to bring up i thought it was awesome uh but i did think ig11 outshined the mandalorian a little bit and that's okay because this episode is like because I think this show right off the bat told us this is the Mandalorian's show, and we have this awesome side cast that you've seen in the trailers, but they're not all going to be in every episode. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, this is one of IG 11's episodes, so we're going to let him shine, but, you know, I'm going to need an action sequence pretty soon where the Mandalorian just goes ham in that same way because he he was really good in this action sequence i just think that he was a little overshadowed by the robot that could do complete 360 yes. turns around the waist and stuff that
1: movement was amazing from him dude
0: it looked great and i was really worried about it because i didn't know if it would look great because i knew how the man or, uh, i knew how the ig droids were supposed to move because of ig 88 in uh, he shows up in Clone Wars, and he might have showed up in Rebels as well. But I knew how they were supposed to wor- move, and I was I was a little worried about that movement in live action, but it worked so well. I thought IG-11's movements looked amazing.
1: Yeah, completely agree.
0: Uh, they finished taking everybody out, and... They're like, how do we get this door open? And I love that they both just look at the thing together. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> this this episode had some great comedy. Like there was, it was, it was funny too. I was chuckling uh, throughout it, so I I enjoyed that. Um, they blow open the door. He walks. They walk in. The guy comes out. Mandalorian Bob gets him. Anyone else? No. All right. They go. They find their target. It's in, like, a box. They open the box. It's a crib. And, and it's the
1: biggest letdown of the fucking episode. Wait, really? Yeah, I was let down, dude. Wow. Yeah.
0: I I yelled.
1: Did you? Right. I,
0: I saw the ears. And I was like, yeah. I was like, holy f- fuck is that one of and then the you know the camera we see it it is a baby that is the same species as yoda and
1: yeah baby yoda lost
0: my shit
1: how how original and how un dave filoni of that
0: oh i absolutely loved it but we'll talk about that in a second i do want to just finish off the episode uh just finish recapping it but um, IG-11 gets told tells uh, the Mandalorian, I'm, I'm going to kill this thing. That is what I was told. I was not told to bring it in alive. I was told to kill it. So IG-11 points his gun. We see a blast. And it's the Mandalorian having shot IG-11. And yep.
1: there's
0: a scene as the episode ends that I can only describe as being ripped right out of E.T. Where uh, the <laughs> Mandalorian reaches out. And the little baby Yoda hand comes out and their fingers are, like, pointing at each other. That was
1: goo. Yeah. Gucci <laughs> goo. Oh, doo. Well, also... Oh, look at the little Yoda baby! <laughs> look at the little Yoda baby! <laughs> yeah. Total Mandalorian style right there. Oh, I
0: loved it! I loved it for the character, because we saw earlier... I, I like, get it, Yoda I baby, get it. I'm you know? just
1: making fun of I it. I know,
0: I know, I know. And I, but I did love that, like, He sees this abandoned kid, and I have to imagine what he's thinking in his head is similar to what happened to him
1: in his childhood. But it's not a kid. It's a 50 – well, in their age, age, it's a kid. Yoda died in 900-something. Yeah, and see when we found out that the bounty was fifty years old, I'm doing the math, and and this is the only time you're going to hear me admit that I know that Mm -hmm. the Mandalorian is not Boba Fett. Um, (laughs) I was doing the math, hoping that that the target was Boba Fett,
0: Fett? and
1: I was thinking, dude, how cool is this? Is, Is this if like this series is the Mandalorian trying to hunt down Boba Fett, and each episode like. Boba Fett is just one step ahead of him, and 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 oh man, I was like, dude, please let that be it. And then it turned out to be a baby Yoda.
0: Oh, that is when the show hooked me. I I needed to know. I need to know more about this baby Yoda because we've only ever seen two of Yoda's species.
1: Yaddle yeah, yeah, for Yoda. sure. Like, where the hell did this thing come from?
0: Uh, and I'm a, I'm I might drop some bombs on you. I don't know if you've heard this yet. That baby. Fifty years old, right? Right. The Mandalorian takes place nine years after the Battle of Yavin. Anakin Skywalker is born 41 years before the Battle of Yavin. 41 years to get to the Battle of Yavin. Nine years after this baby Yoda is the same age as Anakin.
1: Dude, if they do some sort of, like, (laughs) cloned Yoda thing, that's going to be stupid.
0: I don't think it's going to be cloned Yoda. What I thought about what I don't think this is going to be anything. I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it seems like a lot to be a coincidence for them to be like, this is exactly placed. And this is exactly how old this thing is. I feel like there's a lot of information there that's like leading you to look back. All right. What's 50 years before that? And it is Anakin Skywalker's birth. I'm wondering if maybe, as we know, Anakin Skywalker was not born normally. He was conceived through the force. What if there's a chance that this Yoda was also this little baby Yoda was also conceived through the
1: Force. Yeah, but that would have to mean that Palpatine conceived both of them because Palpatine is the one who made Anakin.
0: Yes, that is what we so, I mean, are we really
1: going to gonna go back to that. Well, dude, are we really doing this, man? So like, I don't
0: think we're doing the Palpatine stuff. I think Palpatine well, even heavily if... implied because my thought process, and this is just my head spinning. What if it's something like, Palpatine created this 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 person in Anakin to use as a tool in the dark side. And so the light side was like, all right, I'm going to create somebody to be the counterbalance, right? You're going to create somebody powerful dark because that's something that was touched upon in The Last Jedi. Darkness rises, light to meet it. Whenever one side grows in power, the other side corrects itself. So that's my kind of thought process right now. It's not Palpatine created this thing because I think if Palpatine created this thing, we would have seen it already. He would have been after right. it. But- well it's a balancing act, you know, and I think that this makes so much sense to me because Dave Filoni is doing writing this or or not writing it, but he's directing this episode. And I think right. I don't think we're going to get a whole lot about this until episode. Five. And I think episode five is going to drop a whole ton of shit since it's written by Dave Filoni. I think we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the more spiritual stuff in Star Wars in that episode. And we're going to talk about this baby Yoda and what it means. Um. I I definitely think that's coming in episode 5.
1: Like if okay. So in my mind I'm thinking this baby it has to die within this series otherwise where the hell is it? Like we've not no. heard about any other baby Yoda species at all in uh, in any of the of the so new movies, any any of the new canon, so- you know.
0: I'll counter with this. This baby's 50 right now and it's a baby still. It's only 25 years in between now and the sequels uh, where we are in this. It'll be 75 by the time the sequels happen. If I had to guess if if this ca- i'm not sure this character is going to be important all of this is hypothesizing none of this could ever happen i'm just pulling at interesting uh, strands of right, ages right, right. and felony being so heavily involved in this and felony being so heavily involved in the future of star wars as anthony prezniken reported over at vanity fair um if i had to guess i would i would say this is setting up for beyond the sequels because at 75 he probably he's probably very young by the time the sequels are happening uh I would, I would think that it is much more likely that uh, what if this Yoda ends up being – I'm just going to keep calling it Yoda even though we know who yeah. it is. But this Yoda thing ends up being significant. It's for after 9. It's for
1: after
0: uh, when we but, move further into it. But
1: even if it's not – sorry to interrupt you, dude. But no, even no, if no, it's go. not Yoda, okay? Say it's just another Yoda species, okay? Yeah. It, isn't that still just going back to the well? I mean, why can't we do something new, man? Why do we have to keep going back to the same stuff that we already know? The only,
0: the only, like, I I understand what you're saying. And I would agree with you if we knew a whole bunch about Yoda. If Yoda wasn't already a giant question mark in the sky, I would agree with you. But I think that we don't know, like, Yoda is such a mystery already that i'm okay with going back to it because this doesn't feel like let's re-explore something we have already explored it feels like this is something we teased 40 years ago in empire strikes back let's finally explore it
1: wouldn't it be cooler to to have that mystery remain around yoda instead of explaining the mystery through some other character that is the same species
0: that's also fair I'm not sure that we'll get complete answers because, again, I think the reason I have such faith in this is it's being done by Filoni, right? Filoni was the mentee of George Lucas. He knows Star Wars better than anybody. Oh, you're I think
1: right. If, if he gave us space whales.
0: Yeah, I love the space whales. Uh, Look, <laughs> Star trying, Wars has some good. I can't
1: feel it, but I'm strangling you right now like, through the microphone.
0: Wait, wait, Empire has a space mold thing that lives in an
1: asteroid. Yeah, but that's just freaking cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if anybody else had done this, I'd probably be like, what is this? But since Dave Filoni is so heavily involved in the series, I have faith that he's going to deliver on this in a way that nobody else would. Right we'll see we'll see there's like i just dropped a whole bunch of theories on you guys i don't think this yoda is going to be as important as we're making it out to be right now i think this is very much going to be a subplot throughout the entire series uh and at the most uh it'll be a subplot to set up for the future of star wars going forward after episode nine but uh i'm pretty excited to see where it goes watch them kill it in the next episode and they're like, they're like, you thought this is important. You think we're going to. No, we're not going to tell you shit. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
0: um, okay, let's see. Um, I'm looking back at my notes. I had a couple notes written down. There was I'm going to jump way back to something that um that Werner Herzog's character said really quick. Unless do you have anything else on the Baby Yoda you want to talk about?
1: No, no, I'm good to go.
0: Okay. So I want to jump straight. I want to jump all the way back to Werner Herzog. I have a quote written, written down from the episode where he says, uh, the best car belongs back into the hands of a Mandalorian. It is good to restore the natural order of things after a period of such disarray. Don't you agree? And I loved how layered that line was, even though it's like, it's obvious. It's almost taunting him in a weird yeah. way while also having a bunch of meaning behind it. Because he's like... He knows that they took the Beskar. He mm-hmm. knows that, like, the, like the, yeah, that he was part of it. So he's like, yeah, you should have this back after we stole it from your people. And also, it is good to restore the natural order of things after a period of such disarray. Don't you agree? That's completely talking about the Empire.
1: and it yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. He,
0: you know, he's like, you want the Beskar steal back. You want to reinstate the Mandalorians to what they were. It's all I want, too, is to bring back the Empire. Um, Yep.
1: Yep. I agree with that.
0: So I thought that line, and while we're on Werner Herzog, I've got one last thing to bring up uh, before I'm out of stuff for this episode. But uh, Werner Herzog, uh, talking about IG-11, and he said that he was told to just kill the thing. That could mean one of two things, right? Or, well, one of many things, but I have two theories. One of those is somebody else hired IG-11 who we do not know because he was not told to capture Baby Yoda. He was told to kill him. And we're going to be introduced to whoever hired ig 11 later other option werner herzog did not seem enthused in birth bringing back the baby yoda alive and he didn't seem to bring up that you could bring him back alive until the doctor came in
1: yeah yeah my
0: theory is that mandalorian goes there herzog is just gonna be like kill the thing doctor comes in he has to save face you know keep it fine whatever uh save it bring it back and then when the mandalorian's gone he's like fuck all right he calls ig11 and he's like or he brings ig11 in and he's like all right you go doctor's not around to stop me this time you just kill that thing um that's one of my theories because i think that could lead to an interesting thing of the doctor and werner herzog both trying to rebuild the umpire but in different ways where the doctor's like yes i want to study the force in this thing maybe if it's force sensitive i want to study this creature and stuff and use that and maybe werner herzog is like, "Dude." I'm older than you. I've seen the force. We don't want to mess with that stuff. Let's just kill the yeah. thing and
1: move on. You know? <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> so
0: that's really the last note I have on this episode. Uh, Wade, do you have any comments on that or anything else?
1: Uh, no, man. Uh interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. But yeah, it's interesting. And I want to see how that unfolds.
0: Yes, I am very excited to see how this entire show unfolds. And you guys will be there, hopefully, with us every step along the way. Uh, to give you guys a little insight, uh, the next episode of this is going to be coming a little bit quicker than it normally will, just because they're doing two episodes in the opening week. They did the first episode on Tuesday, second episode is coming on Friday, and then after that, it'll be every Friday. So you'll probably get an episode either this weekend or, uh, on early next weekend that covers episode two. And then after that, it'll be one episode a week instead of two. But, uh... Thanks for listening. Wade, thank you for joining me and talking about this.
1: Yeah, man. It's awesome. I love star Wars and I love this show. I I think it's great.
0: Uh, you can follow the Merc with a movie blog feed. You can follow Merc with a movie blog blog on Twitter at movie blog. Merc. This is my first time leading a show on here. I'm really not sure what all I'm supposed to plug to be honest. uh, wait, what am I supposed to plug? Why don't you plug it and I'll do it next time.
1: <laughs> no problem. Uh, you can find this show as well as others on the Merck with a movie blog feed on your anchor and Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google play, all that stuff. Um, you can find it as Sean did get correct, uh, uh, on the Twitter at movie blog Merck. Also, if you want to go online, there are some articles and stuff on the website, uh, Merck with a movie blog.com. um, and yeah, uh, me personally, you can follow me on Twitter if you want at jwade1134. That's the letter J W A D E one one three four. And Sean will tell you where where uh, he can follow at, and I will have the information written down properly for him. Like <laughs> I realize I should have already done for next time.
0: I should have brought it up. Uh, me leading on this was a last minute decision, so that's my excuse. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at sean underscore afk and because shameless self-promotion you can also listen to me on the afterlife the unofficial collider live after show podcast also here on the mercury the movie blog feed and you can also check out my power Rangers podcast i do with fellow afterlife co-host mike mixtape you can follow us on twitter at go into the grid
1: yeah for sure for sure and now now that we're being shameless uh you can find me on uh sen afterlife uh, and also Go Get That Rose, uh, Bachelor Nation podcast uh, that Sarah and I do. Sarah was here earlier. And uh, Kaylin and I do the other podcast, Essie and After Live, and she'll be here on uh, as many of these episodes as you can uh, yes. also with us. So, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, don't worry. Whenever I'm hosting a show, Wade, I do this on Go Into the Grid all the time. Shameless self-promotion is what it's about, man.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, now I won't feel shame anymore. I'll just do prideful plugs. Yeah, there you go. I like (laughs) that. Prideful promotion.
0: So join us next time when we talk about uh, The Mandalorian Episode 2. Thanks for listening.